Because if you think about it, and this is this was a game changer for me too, who's really diving into entrepreneurial content? Not multimillionaires, because they are too busy and they've already figured a lot of it out. And you know, as I get more and more mature in my entrepreneurial journey, I myself have less and less time to consume. So who is sitting there really consuming this content, who really loves it and is passionate about it and can't wait for the next episode? Someone at the beginning, someone who's stuck, someone who's discouraged. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. My name is Mike Flynn, and I'm stoked you've decided to join me on this journey to bring about a massive and positive change in the lives of others. Every week, you're going to join me behind closed doors, where I will introduce you to entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators from a variety of industries to learn how their contributions are impacting the lives of others and how they are having a game-changing impact in the world. Thanks for investing your time with me today. Now, Grace for Impact. Welcome to another episode of the Impact Entrepreneur Show. On today's show, I introduce you to my friend, Kelsey Humphreys, a media entrepreneur and motivational journalist on a mission to break down success for the rest of us. She is the host and producer of The Pursuit, an in-person video talk show and podcast where she interviews today's most influential entrepreneurs and celebrities like Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, Property Brothers, Gary Vee, Brandon Bouchard, and more. She breaks down success tips in her weekly videos, live broadcasts, and written articles for Success Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Elite Daily, Lifehack, and The Huffington Post. Not only that, she is also the author of Entrepreneurship, bestseller, Go Solo, and a regular conference speaker and MC. You can watch her show at thepursuit.tv or follow her crazy entrepreneurial journey at kelseyhumphreys.com or her Facebook page, and we will be sure to link to all of this and more in the show notes. We cover a lot in today's episode, including ways that you can be entrepreneurial while still being an employee, what it looks like to be successful for the rest of us, quote unquote. And we do dive in a little bit into fear of failure versus fear of feedback and the impact that that can have on our mindset. So bust out your pens and paper, take a lot of notes, brace for impact. Welcome to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. On the show, we really spend a lot of time going beyond success and failure beyond product and service and platform. We talk about all of those things, but we want to find out what really drives the entrepreneur to do what they do and talk about the impact that they want to have in the lives of others. And before we dive into your story, the story of Kelsey, Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about what you're most excited about right now. Oh man, (laughs) I'm excited about a lot of things. Uh, I I mean, just sat down with Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank in New York City. And right before that, the week before, I got to sit down with Tony Robbins in New York City. Uh, So, I mean, it doesn't get much more exciting than that for me. I mean, that's like each time I get an interview with someone at that level, it's like the Super Bowl. Um, And so that was incredible. And then um, just got a lot of fun things on the horizon I'm excited about putting um, the pursuit content and my actual... uh, 
Kelsey Humphrey's content out as podcasts on iTunes. I have not yet done that because I haven't had the time to do all the um, audio editing and get it, you know, kind of reformatted a little bit for audio only. So that's coming up this, uh, like this week or next week. So I'm probably most excited about doing that because I know it's, you know, I know that podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher is, it's really going to help me reach a whole new uh, audience of people. So I'm probably most excited about that in terms of the near future. That's great. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I've been tracking your your interviews, which have been re- really interesting to say the least uh, and impactful, definitely. And I know that uh, Tony threw you a curveball uh, or his team did at least on your, your interview, right? Because yes. you had, it was scheduled for for a certain time yep. you were on the airplane and by the time you landed, the time had changed. Oh man, it was crazy because I landed and I never, I always use Wi-Fi on the plane. And this one time I didn't, I just was focusing on writing my questions and studying Tony. And so I didn't have Wi-Fi on. So I turn on my phone and it just explodes. And that was very nerve wracking. And that's the second time that actually happened with Al Roker as well, because Hurricane Joaquin happened the day I was meant to interview him. And so I was already at the airport about to leave. And then um, Al Roker's people were like, well, if you could come back right now, we can do it. So you just kind of have to, when you have a traveling talk show with people, guests at that level, you have to be flexible. So luckily, both of those times it worked out. So yeah, when your phone went off with all those text messages, you were like, either someone died yep. or <laughs> yeah. or my interview just got rescheduled. Right. Yes, it was crazy, but <laughs> that, that's funny. You know, those of us who who listen to your videos and on on the pursuit.tv, I believe that's the URL, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And your quick pep talk uh, messages on Facebook, which are which are awesome, and I love how you edit them and splice them and all that stuff. We all know that you you really are superhuman to a, <laughs> a certain degree. Um, that comes across pretty clear. But let's pretend for a moment that that Kelsey's just normal. Mm-hmm. If you could pick any superpower besides, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Besides flying, because you fly everywhere. If you could pick any superpower, what would it be, and how would you use it? I really think I would use super speed. That's what I would have to go with because I have so many ideas and so much I want to execute. And I just get so irritated (laughs) that I can't perform faster, think faster, organize faster, outsource faster. I mean, I just, I think um, that's, I would have to have super speed. I think that would be amazing. And I could get so much more executed that I want to do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And and it goes along the lines with some of the other answers my other guests have have given me, which are, are like freezing time mm. or the ability to to not sleep. Actually, um, if you go back and listen to episode two with Jordan Harbinger from The Art of Charm, mm. he he he's the one that tossed out the ability to freeze time, and I had never thought about that as a as a superpower, uh, but it's a really a very interesting one. But let's dive into the essence of super speed. Okay, we 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 know that in the Hollywood sense of the the phrase superpower, we're not going to be able to to have super speed, but how can entrepreneurs, you and I and our listeners take the essence of that super spow, uh, that super p uh, gosh, I can't talk. Superpower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Super speed, say that five times really fast. <laughs> and apply that 
in their daily lives, both personally and professionally? Man, you know what I think I'm learning uh, as I go through this process? If you want to go fast, and this is actually something Barbara just said last week, at the beginning, when you are starting, make yourself be organized. No one does this. No beginning entrepreneur who is a solopreneur, unless that, unless, I mean, maybe one or two, but the majority of us, we're just trying so hard to go fast and do what we need to do and serve our clients and make content and do social media that like all of our file names are like file name.jpg. You know, like we're not, <laughs> we, we're not smart about organization at the beginning. And what that means is that it makes it harder for you to outsource. And in today's day and age, if you want to, you know, perform quicker, you need to outsource sooner. And, uh, and that is what I think I would tell someone at the beginning, like, I know you think you don't need it, or you think it's a waste of time to stop and make a bunch of folders and make a whole chart of how things are supposed to work. But if you do it at the beginning, you're going to get to outsource sooner. And outsourcing is, you know, the most real life way to start multiplying yourself to get more done in less time. Yeah, definitely. That is definitely a force multiplier to, to be able to bring on extra talent and people that are better at doing what you're not good at doing exactly. uh, and delegating that. And, and I, and I actually had a, a scenario uh, with my producer for the podcast. I created a bunch of folders, uploaded a bunch of interviews, and then he messaged me, you know, a couple of days later. Uh, do you mind if I redo all of this? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point, but I think you're at least a few steps in the right direction. Yeah, you got to have the the folders to begin with, right? So he knows what what path to take. You know, you you have a really fascinating story, and and you wrote a book about your journey to go solo, mm -hmm. uh, which is the title of the book, and it's an Amazon bestseller. Mm -hmm. And we'll link to it in the show notes for sure. Thank you. And in your book, you you refer to yourself as a recovering wanderer, and then on your website. Uh, KelseyHumphreys.com, which we will also link to in the show notes. <laughs> you say, and I love, I love this. You were a hot mess, driven but not pointed in the right direction. So tell us what that looked like. We're going to break down into some questions here. Tell us what that looked like before you know you you hit this this point. Then tell us, you know, segue kind of why you are an entrepreneur today. And and maybe what the impact moment was that launched you on this path, path and this, it'll probably all be wrapped up in one answer, probably. Well, I think that um, as is the trait with a lot, or the the story with a lot of successful people um, that are are either very entrepreneurial or very driven, um, which are sometimes one and the same and sometimes not. For example, like a Gary V who starts selling baseball cards as a kid, right? Or someone like me who gets very passionate about whatever I was on at the time. So I would get very passionate about my job. I started out right after college. I still wanted to be a singer songwriter. So I was putting all of my time when I wasn't working into my album and this big album concert release party with, you know, professional um, lighting and video and all that, like all out, like so a hundred percent all in. But then I would change directions over and over and over. And I kind of, I held that against myself for a long time. But the more I am around successful people, the more I realize a lot of them do that. Um, and maybe that's a rite of passage that we have to go to. Or maybe, you know, some people I think get lucky and 
um, realized like maybe with Gary V, he realized he was good at selling, but he did switch from one thing to the next. I mean, he was, you know, he switched to wine, then he switched from wine to social media, and then he started building a personal brand. So, you know, it depends on how you look at it. But for me, I was so driven into every single thing I did, but I couldn't find something that would stick. I think that's a good way to put it is that I would do something, you know, for a couple years and then I would not, you know, I'd be over it. So that's what I mean by so much drive, very passionate. I can get very focused. I want to go quickly, as I already said, uh, but, you know, in different, like keep turning left and right, left and right. And I remember hearing that a friend of mine was like, oh man, Kelsey's on to something new. She's doing something <laughs> different again, you know, and I was so embarrassed and so mad. And over time, as I've matured, you know, a little bit in, in my entrepreneurial journey, I'm kind of like, you know what, that's all right, because I was still trying, you know, I was still striving, I was still moving, I didn't stop, I wasn't going backwards, I wasn't sitting still, I was still going. And so it took me a long time to get my path and find my path. Um, and so I, I was also a hot mess in that I think when you are not on your path, and you're trying, 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 you know, you get so frustrated. And for me, I, oh, I had some terrible habits. I, I think other people may have workaholism or escapism into Netflix or whatever it is. Every person has a different thing. And that is the hot mess part because we can't get on the right path and we're frustrated by it. And so then we have these bad habits. Um, and that's a whole bunch of like self-exploration that you got to dig deep and figure it out and all that, that we won't go into today. But um, there were a few different turning points to answer your question about kind of how I ended up on this path. First, when I was employed, I worked my way up to associate creative director at um, an agency here in Oklahoma, one of the biggest ad agencies. And I actually loved that job. But a an international um, Froyo chain approached me and said, hey, we really like your work. We like your, you know, what you've got going on and what you're doing. And we want you to be our marketing uh, person agency or whatever. And they were offering me more than my current salary to do it. And of course, I've always been entrepreneurial anyway. I mean, doing my singer songwriter thing, I've, I had started multiple businesses along the way, freelancing, um, doing marketing and design and stuff. And so it was a no brainer to take the leap, even though I liked my job. So I did that. And that's when I wrote my book, because a lot of creatives wanted to know how I built up enough of a personal brand while I was employed to go solo. So that's what my book talks about. And um, with the launch of my book, which did really well, uh, and I started speaking more and I started writing more, um, started writing for Entrepreneur and some other websites. And that's when I was like, well, maybe I should start doing a podcast because I love writing. And that's kind of when I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do a podcast. I need to do something different. And I love to be on camera. So why don't I try what no one is really doing, which is doing these interviews in person, wherever the guest is. Uh, and that was, that was a huge kind of idea realization because I am definitely now, I mean, I could do this forever. I'm not, I'm not going to change gears in a year or two years because I love it and I, I can't imagine doing anything else. And so for people who are listening that have stopped and started and changed courses a million times, I just want to encourage them that that's pretty normal um, in the entrepreneurial journey. Um, and that eventually you will find it and then you will know and you'll be like, oh my gosh, finally, I've found my thing. I can't imagine doing anything else. Um, and so there wasn't a distinct moment that uh, that started me into launching The Pursuit other than just 
having the idea like, well, let's do a podcast. You know, podcasts seem really like a good way to help people get these messages that I am getting as I research things and write for entrepreneur and write for other sites. Um, and so, yeah, then I just figured out how to make it happen. That's that. Thank you for, for sharing that very authentic story. How did, so, so did you start writing for entrepreneur and success magazine before you launched the video interviews mm-hmm. and all that other stuff, or you did? Entrepreneur, I did. Um, and there was a couple other smaller sites like selfemployed.com. And um, there was a site that no longer exists. It was called Faith Driven Business. So some smaller business sites. Then I started writing for Entrepreneur. And what actually happened, and this is a lesson for your listeners, I was reaching out to people on my own for the pursuit interviews. So I had... Um, Donald Miller, he's a New York Times bestselling author. I had Jeremy Cowart, a celebrity photographer out in Nashville. Um, I had already gotten a few big interviews under my belt, and I started reaching out to the next level of people. Um, uh, you know, Shark Tank people, uh, Michael Hyatt, Shaleen Johnson, these, le- you know, bigger level, the next level, I guess. And when that was happening, I was getting some maybes, like, well, you know, we're interested, but I don't, you know, get back to us or, let us think about it, or maybe come back when you have a little bit bigger audience, that kind of answer. And mm-hmm. that's when I approached success. And I said, listen, if you and I can work together on this, I can get these names. If you give me distribution on your website, I will get these names. And that's good for both of us. Because at the time, they didn't have much video content. Success had very little in way of video. So they were excited about the idea. I was excited about the idea. And that is what helped me, you know, that's what got someone like a Michael Hyatt and a Shalene Johnson because of the exposure that they would get. Once success was on board, then I started writing um, for a few other sites like Lifehack and Elite Daily, which have very large monthly um, distribution numbers. And eventually Entrepreneur Network launched, which at that point I was already writing for them anyway. And it was just a matter of uh, repackaging my videos for entrepreneurs. So it all kind of just, I mean, the turning point really was me telling success, like, look, I believe I can do this if we partner up. And they were like, all right, let's try it. So, and he just called them up and their producer or their. Uh, I emailed the uh, digital managing director. That's awesome. I, you know, that is so amazing because one of my biggest things uh, is, is the, the quote, think as so, act as so, and so it shall be. And a lot of people, and I, you know, my listeners hear this all the time, but a lot of people think about what they want to do. They envision what, what the future might look like if they do that thing, but they forget to take the action part, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it just becomes, they end up just being a dreamer and not a dreamer and a doer. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a really creative way to, <laughs> to get it done. You, you, you had the passion you had the skill set and you went and made and created the opportunity, yes. which is a, which is great. I call that the spinach trap. Everyone knows that they should eat more spinach and we talk about eating more spinach and you read articles about eating more spinach. You may even buy the spinach and put it in your fridge and you're like, look at me being healthy and you're feeling good about yourself in the store. <laughs> and then that spinach rots in there. You are no healthier, (laughs) but you feel a little bit better, right? Because you bought it, but that really doesn't make a difference. And so I, I mean, execution is the game. That's a Gary Vee quote and he's right. And so, um, and yeah, you just have to actually 
You have to actually just go out there and be willing to get the door slammed in your face. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full-service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more. Based in Oklahoma, they work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. You know, I want to I want to go back and talk about a couple other things that you mm-hmm. that you said. One of the things that came to my mind uh, about as you were sharing your journey, your your entrepreneurial journey, and the starting a project and and having the passion and wanting to go faster. In episode six of the Impact Entrepreneur Show, I interview a guy named Cameron Harold, who's the former chief operating officer of One Eight Hundred Got Junk, and wrote a book called Double Double and we talk a lot about focus in that episode. Mm-hmm. And and we we also talk about a guy named Ned Hallowell, Dr. Ned Hallowell, who is like the attention deficit disorder doctor. He's like the guru. Mm. And and one of the things that that he says is that ADD is not a deficit, not a disorder, it's a trait. Mm. And most visionaries, mm-hmm. which you and I are, mm-hmm. and our founding fathers were, Gary V is, you know. They have Ferrari engines for brains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's all about controlling the power of that and focusing it in an intentional way so that we can create the change, create the impact, create the value that we want. And, and that focus is the most important decision that we can make each and every day. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to share that with you because that, that was something that was really powerful when I heard it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it can't be said enough. Yeah, definitely that. agree. The other thing that that you mentioned is how you were being entrepreneurial while you were employed. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of you know people that are working for a corporation who have that entrepreneurial bug in them somewhere that's kind of starting to bubble to the surface, they don't recognize that they can be entrepreneurial while they are still employed. Mm-hmm. So tell, tell us a little bit more about that and how you, you know, within this organization, you started to create your own brand. Yeah, that, that's what I cover a lot in my book because that's what people, especially creatives, just couldn't seem to get. And, you know, it's so easy now. If you have an Instagram account or maybe you're not visual and you have uh, a blog, you know, you're a writer or whatever the case may be, you know, you can create a completely separate entity for yourself unless your employer says you can't, but that's pretty unusual. Um, And you can curate the kind of content that positions you for where you want to go. So, you know, I wanted to be seen as an authority in the marketing space, as a branding expert. And so that's the kind of stuff I posted on my personal Facebook page, on my personal blog, on my personal social media accounts. And it was a friend of a friend, personally, that happened to work at the corporate office of that client that eventually found me. And so, you know, it wasn't like I had some elaborate personal marketing plan, though you could do that. 
Um, it was just a matter of thinking about where I wanted to go and how I wanted to be seen uh, professionally, and then creating that, curating that, making that happen online so that people can find you. Um, and you know, also entrepreneurial, you're, you can probably already see issues within your company. When I was hired at that um, agency, when I got there, they had no social media plan. So most people spend the first week like just sitting around, like trying to meet people or get, you know, oriented, but you don't do a lot the first week. So what I did was I wrote a social media marketing plan for the company in my first week. And in week two, I went to my new boss and I said, Hey, you have no social media plan. So I wrote one and they were like, all right. Oh, nice. You know, that is, that is seeing a need, just like an an entrepreneur sees a, something that's wrong and fixes it or sees a need in the marketplace and, and meets it. That's what a lot of entrepreneurial people do in their jobs without realizing that that's what they're doing. You know, those kinds of traits are very well suited for going out on your own. Um, but you just have to be, you know, careful to make sure that you are, you don't want to get fired because you're working on some giant personal brand and it's really obvious you want to move on. Uh, but, you know, just think about how people find you online, how people perceive you. And eventually people will probably start coming to you for your expertise and your knowledge um, if you're putting it out there. Yeah, no, that uh, is very, very powerful because people every day are 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 not taking advantage of their full potential, and that is one of the really big takeaways that I want listeners to have from lit from tuning in to the Impact Entrepreneur Show. I don't want their limitations to limit their potential, mm-hmm. and and. And we we are created in such a way that we can do things far beyond what we imagine to be possible. And and if we just live into that potential, a lot of times that requires having a community of people that believe in us and and sometimes kick us out the door and maybe getting fired from that job actually is the the turning point. Mm-hmm. But you and I both have all kinds of mentors and they're really important in my life. I'm sure they're important in your life. Can you tell us a story about a mentor who's impacted you in your life and maybe influenced your outlook as an entrepreneur? Well, definitely my dad, who uh, is also um, an entrepreneur. He, well, he was a pastor <laughs> for most of my life or for part of my life, my childhood, early childhood. And then he switched to consulting for church growth, which is an unusual business in itself. But he saw that he was great at helping a church go from like a hundred members to a thousand members. And he realized that that's something that churches need. So he became a church growth consultant. And he, just like you would think, I mean, he's out there traveling all the time. That's you know, a unique title, by the way. It is. What do, you, what do you do? I'm a church growth consultant. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And now, you know, if if a lot of people do what he does, but online, so there's a lot of that nowadays. But back when he started, and I'm talking 20 years ago, you know, that was very unique and different. And so the thing I think I also get from my dad is just, uh, well, let's figure it out and make it happen. Like, you don't know how to do that? Well, we'll learn. You don't have it? Let's make it. You, you know, I mean, he just is very uh, resourceful and he's a, he's a handyman. So you know, if anything broke, he's like, well, I'll figure out how to fix it. And I'm going to, you know, and if he needed something, he would see if he had some tools to build it before he would buy it. So those kind of things definitely shaped my outlook more than I realized uh, growing up and definitely set me up uh, for where I am today, for sure. The figure it out mentality. Mm -hmm. I'm going to figure it out. 
is critical, especially when you are just starting out as as an entrepreneur. Sometimes the 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 fear of of having to figure it out actually prevents you from taking the next step toward starting your entrepreneurial journey or or launching that that new product. But it is really important that you figure it out. And I I uh, watched your interview with Brendan Bouchard, mm-hmm. who who is an awesome guy. I've read a bunch of his stuff. And that I think was probably, in my opinion, humble opinion, one of your best interviews in terms of the content that he delivered mm-hmm. um, to people that tune in. And we'll, you know, obviously we're going to link to the pursuit.tv. So mm-hmm. all of that stuff will be in there as well as your past episodes, which are awesome. But one of the major things that I, I had no idea about was how much time, especially early on in his, career as as a trainer and motivator that he did all of the figuring out. I was blown mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. by the fact that he said he did not hire a marketing person until they had like $50 million in revenue. I know. I know. It's crazy. And I want to say something to people listening who are not naturally that way. You can learn to be that way. I think people are like, oh, I don't have that trait. What does that mean? Well, you can instead, like all you have to do is the next time you are uh, confronted with something where you would shut down and think, okay, well, I can't do that. Instead, just say, all right, this is part of me bringing my message, my product, my services to the world. So I need to stop and think about ways to figure this out. And that then just will become a habit or become like a muscle that you work and it gets stronger and stronger. So your figure it out muscle might be weak right now, but that doesn't mean that you're not a great entrepreneur. That just means you need to work that muscle and you'll get better at it. Yeah, and and one of the ways that that I do that and develop that muscle is by actually unplugging and getting away from all things digital. Mm-hmm. And because I think that that is one of the biggest hurdles that people face is they're we're constantly plugged in, and and we have you know addictions to technology, so we don't actually feel like we have the time to go figure it out and and learn the, the resources but if you actually unplug mm-hmm. you you pray you meditate you you know do whatever it's going to slowly begin to percolate and develop the ability to naturally say okay I know what net, what step I need I need to take next which is a huge game changer because we all want you to do that so that we can get the value that you want to bring out into the world and the impact and the change, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I would, the other thing I thought really, I've always thought is interesting about what Brendan says. And if anyone wants to go watch that, it's the pursuit.tv slash Brendan. So that's easy to remember. But um, he said not only, you know, or he said that you can figure it out, but it's actually your duty, like your job, your responsibility to figure it out mm-hmm. because of what you just said, Mike, which is, you have your gifts and talents, your services, your product, whatever it is that is your sweet sauce, the world needs it. So not only can you figure things out and make things happen, Brendan would say, that's your job. That's your responsibility to the world, to yourself, to your gifts, to do it. So I thought that was interesting too. Absolutely. Each of us is created mm-hmm. to actually go and do great things. Right. I mean, we have amazing potential and 
if we just stop watching other people and, and start thinking about what we can do and actually taking action on those dreams. And it might not, it, you, you know, one of my guests said once that you might be an overnight success and it might just take you nine months to get there, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> exactly. and, and another guest, when I told him about that, he's like, well, in my case, it took me nine years to get there. Yeah. You know, you have a great kind of mantra, if, if you will, which it, which is success for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. What do you want your audience and what do you want my audience to, to take away from that? How can we kind of own that? Well, I just think that we're so easily overwhelmed. Um, and like you said, just bombarded with the amount of content, the amount of resources. You know, I sit down with these I mean, Tony Robbins is one of the top 500 wealthiest people in the world, I believe, last time I checked. You know, like that that kind of success is just insane. It's it's madness. It's hard to even comprehend those kinds of numbers uh, when you start talking about what he's worth and what he, you know, sells a company for or whatever. Um, and then you start, you know, there's so much about you should do this, you should do this, you should meditate, you should do blah, 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 blah. And we're all just like, okay, I'm just going to sit and watch TV because I'm a little <laughs> overwhelmed, you know? And I want to help people see how doable it is. And I'm coming from a place of someone who, I, like I said, I'm a hot mess, not just because it sounds interesting. Like I really was a mess. <laughs> and in just a span of, I guess maybe we're go- I'm going on three years or two and a half years to see how my life has changed and I'm still figuring a lot out. You know, I still have a long way to go. There's so much that I'm working on personally. And that, that, the, what I want people to understand is that success is doable for all of us in short, you know, digestible steps. Step one, figure out what you want to change first, okay? Or what you most need to change, what's most holding you back. And then step two, you know, what's the, itty bitty teeny tiny baby step you can take to fix that and just start fixing it and we and we overthink it we overcomplicate it and we look at the list of all the things we want to change about ourselves or um, all the things that we know would be better and do nothing and that's what kills me because exactly like you've said people have so much potential and so much to give and um, so much I mean everyone is so interesting has so many interesting traits and gifts and talents and also when we say gifts and talents, you know, people often think, well, entrepreneur, uh, you know, sales, singing, writing, uh, being up on stage. There are so many other gifts and talents beyond those stereotypical ones, just as a side note. So what I want people to gain is that we, the average Joe and Jill, can achieve success on all different kinds of levels, whether you want to be a bajillionaire or you want to be the best mom you can be, or you want to um, just go from being employed to being self-employed and you want to make $100,000 a year and that's it because you don't want more stress beyond that. If that's success for you, whatever your definition is, we can do it. And that's what I want to, I try to break down for people into one digestible tip per video or per uh, podcast episode or per whatever, um, whenever I do my success for the rest of us content, because we'll get overwhelmed otherwise. Yeah, what you just said is critical because success is doable for all of us as long as you break it down into those short, digestible Mm -hmm. steps. Because what happens is people love the idea of success, but when the gun goes off, it gets real. Mm -hmm. And, 
and we get overwhelmed. And and if you and if you look at yourself, if you look at Tony, you know, they they didn't Tony didn't just all of a sudden wake up and be uh, a billionaire or half a billionaire or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. He started out actually where a lot of us start out, which is with nothing. And he surrounded himself with great mentors. I mean, Jim Rohn and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he worked and he hustled and he developed that figure it out muscle. And, yeah. and you and I, we're at, a, we're at the beginning of our entrepreneurial journeys and it's going to be a roller coaster and we're going to succeed in some areas, fail in others, but we're going to keep moving forward because we believe passionately in the value that we're creating and the impact that we're having in others' lives. So, you know, that, that is that wisdom, the success for the rest of us, that it's doable, that you don't have to have aspirations to start a billion dollar company, but build something with soul is, is, is amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You've perfected to, in my, in my opinion, the, the art of taking all of these experiences and curating them into content that really provides a lot of actionable value for for people and 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 gets you Kelsey Humphreys noticed. Mm-hmm. So how how are you doing that? What are the steps that you follow in in terms of taking those experiences and curating them to something that is valuable? A lot of it has to do with knowing the audience and like we just talked about everything that I just mentioned in in terms of getting overwhelmed at the beginning and getting discouraged and all that, that shapes the questions that I ask that shapes, you know, the flow of the interview. You know, I provide, I tell them ahead of time, like, look, really be thinking when I ask you these questions, here's our breakdown of the interview, but here's what I want to help people who are discouraged. I want to help people at the beginning, because if you think about it, and this is, this was a game changer for me too. Who's really diving into entrepreneurial content? Not multimillionaires, because mm-hmm. they are too busy and they've already figured a lot of it out. And you know, as I get more and more mature in my entrepreneurial journey, I myself have less and less time to consume. So who is sitting there really consuming this content, who really loves it and is passionate about it and can't wait for the next episode? Someone at the beginning, someone who's stuck, someone who's discouraged. So that shaped the whole thing for me. And I just think to myself, okay, if I'm, I, I listen back through the interview and I really try and think, okay, so what can we break down from this into, you know, a few five to six overall points that really shaped this person's story that can really add value to someone who is either discouraged or who's just starting out or someone who wants to kind of get started on the path to success, but hasn't done much yet. And so, you know, then it's just a matter of um, doing the research before the interview giving a good interview, um, which if you know, there's a lot of resources out that around that. If you Google, you know, become a better interviewer because this, even though podcasting is relatively new, there's a lot of resources out there for journalists and written journalists. So you can read a lot of that stuff on asking better questions and doing a better interview. Um, and then, you know, after that, I just have to really write a nice focused article in 500 to a thousand words. Uh, and, um, and that's, that's pretty much it. But you have to start at the beginning knowing who you're trying to help. And that shapes the whole process. You know, I posted a video on my Facebook page about two things that hold us back from taking the next step. And, we, and we've talked a little bit about it, but I, I want to just call them out mm-hmm. and, and talk about these two beasts uh, specifically. And that is the fear of, fa- of failure 
and the fear of feedback. And I don't think that people think about the feedback one mm-hmm. very often. But how do you tackle those two beasts? Oh man! And, and, I and maybe and maybe let me and mm-hmm. maybe um, since we've talked a lot about the fear of failure mm-hmm. already, maybe maybe talk about the fear of feedback. I yeah. think that's a different one. It is different. It is different. Yeah, that's a great question because to be afraid of fear feedback means you are creating and to and publishing. So you're not just creating things, you're actually putting it out there. And to be creating, whatever you create, you put a little bit of yourself into it. So, you know, this all comes down to our seventh grade braces versus and acne versions of ourselves, right? Where we're just so insecure and so worried that people won't like us and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, it's just part of the trade. If you're going to publish something, people, especially in this internet world that we live in, people are going to comment and respond. You know, part of it, I keep bracing myself for some sort of backlash because that's what really, like, once I reach that, I will have reached the next level. Does that make sense? So like, I associate a level of success with having a number of haters. If you have no haters and no negative feedback, you're probably still only publishing to your family and friends, which is fine. Uh That is a starting point. Everyone starts with their family and their friends and their aunts and their cousins. And those people are like, I love it so much. It's the best thing ever. And, you know, then you keep growing and you keep growing. So I think part of it is just uh, accepting that it's going to happen. And then you have to decide for yourself how much that's going to matter. So I kind of think about where the feedback is coming from. If it's someone who, here's a good example for me personally, when someone unsubscribes, if I have a lot of unsubscribes to an email newsletter, my once a week uh, newsletter, I'll go and look at that person. And in MailChimp, you can look at all their activity. So if it's someone who's been with me from the beginning, like that matters. Like, whoa, what happened that someone who's been with me for two years decided to bail after this email? Or if they if they opted in with something and I feel like the opt-in and the you know sequence of the emails following that and everything I said really lined up with that particular opt-in, but they opted in and then you know read two emails and opted out, you know, there's clearly a disconnect. So I'll really think about it and be critical. If it's somebody who never opened an email, I have to just let it go. Or if they opened one one month and one two months later or they opened one period and that's it, I have to realize that those people were just, that's just not that valuable of feedback, you know? Right. Like that's, yes, I'm being rejected. I guess that one email wasn't like awesome enough for them. (laughs) And so that sucks. Nobody likes to have someone unsubscribe, but you have to, you have to weigh it and give value. And that all depends on your goals too. What, what your goals are depends on whose kind of feedback you're going to weigh more than others. So I think, you know, I think you have to just, be ready for it, accept it, and then, you know, cry, kind of tell yourself like, okay, really, what makes this negative feedback valuable or not valuable? Anonymous thing on the internet, you know, anonymous YouTube comment from someone who just says like, uh, I can't stand your voice. Well, you know, <laughs> that's not, not... I had one guy who said that, and this one really stuck with me on one of the um, entrepreneur videos on the entrepreneur channel. Some guy. Uh, said some really mean things with some expletives that I was fake. And I'm like, 
I've never been, I mean, I'm never fake. No one has ever called me disingenuous because I'm like, if anything, I'm an oversharer and I tell my entire life story and like, I can't filter myself. I just, I am how I am. But that one really stuck to me. And I, and then finally, you know, I was like, this is one dude out of thousands who have watched these videos. Obviously, you know, he just didn't like my style and fake was the word he chose at the time. And And so, you know, I had to move on, but that's the thing. You have to weigh it based on your goals and you have to, you know, just eventually maybe just stop, stop listening. If you have a lot of negative feedback, if it, because you have large follower numbers, I mean, that's such a complex question. I feel like I'm not answering it very well. No, no, you, you are, you, you're (laughs) addressing a couple of the, of the key, of the two main points. The first point is that there are going to be people that might, you know, initially opt into your newsletter, your emails, your product, but then they, they're not participants. They're not mm-hmm. part of the community. And then they, they bail and you're like, okay, bye-bye. But then there's those other people that, like you said, were, were with you from the beginning or part of your journey, you know, had, had subscribed to your newsletter for, for two years and were active and, and then suddenly they're out. And you're like, whoa, what just happened? I've got to think about that. And that is what I think prevents people from taking that particular interaction, that fear of um, losing that connectivity with their, their relationships because relationships are the ultimate force. You know, mm-hmm. that thing, that moment is, is scary, but it's so important because that person is giving you, is giving me amazing uh, and valuable uh, advice about our marketing or the message that we're communicating, and and it and it's like a shot across the bow. Like, whoa, we gotta we gotta think about this because if there's just if there's one person, there's probably a, you know ten, fifteen, twenty, a hundred other people that might be thinking about the same thing, and we've got to th- we've got to address that. So yeah, you did answer that question, and oh, it I is com- <laughs> it, it it is a complex question, and and something that I don't think there's a perfect answer. So you were 80% good. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Because I felt like I rambled. Another thing about that is that if you are afraid of feedback, that means that you're creating and publishing. And there are some people who are not built to do that. Like your gifts and talents may not be the kind of gifts and talents where you should be putting things out into the world because you may not be built for taking that kind of feedback or thriving on, you know, tension and pressure and uh, potential failure and everyone looking at you, you know, I mean that you have to be kind of cut from a certain cloth to be able to do that. And it is a hundred percent. Okay. You know, in today's social media culture, I think everyone feels like they need to be, um, demonstrative and not demonstrative. Um, I guess outgoing, you know, to be out there and being, be publishing a lot of stuff and doing live videos and doing Periscope and all that. No, you don't. You need to be doing whatever you are made to do, whatever you were created for. So sometimes if you are crippled by that feedback thing, maybe you need to step back and ask yourself, okay, maybe I need to be doing something different here. Absolutely. You have a lot of life in front of you. You've got a lot of big, hairy, audacious goals that that you're just crushing like with a, a Thor-like <laughs> hammer right now. Thanks. But how will you, Kelsey Humphreys, measure your life? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, Brendan Burchard talks about the three questions and he, he says everyone has different questions at the end and that's how you're going to measure. And so I think I'll look back and I will ask, um, did I love the Lord? Was I a good steward of what he gave me? And 
what he has given me includes my husband. Was I a good wife? Was I loving? I have a, a child. So was I a great mother to her? Was I a good steward? I mean, there is not much more than being given a child. Like, whoa, the responsibility. So, yeah, you know, that I have is, four. oh my goodness, bless you, bless you. Um, you know, so that's a, that's a huge one. You know, was I uh, a good daughter, sister, friend? And then was I a good steward of these gifts of being able to write, being good on camera, being able to make people laugh, being able to break things down into a digestible format for people? Um, was I good? Did I do what I could my very best? Did I give my best, uh, with the tools that he gave me? And so, and I think that will be it. And I I think I, I tend to get caught up in influence. So it's not about money. It's more about people. Um, I don't think I'll really measure, I don't think I'll have a metric that has to do with how much I made. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I'll have, I think I might think about, how many people I reached instead. Uh, but the big questions will will be those that I mentioned. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That's that's beautiful. How can our subscribers connect with you? Yeah, two ways. Thepursuit.tv and KelseyHumphreys.com. And so um, either way, you can subscribe to the weekly um, newsletters. My best social media platform is going to be Facebook for motivation and inspiration. Uh, and the quick success tips that are, you know, one tip broken down. Um, but for the entrepreneurial content, you know, definitely the pursuit.tv. That's where all the interviews live. Uh, and that's where I link to, um, some of the articles on success.com entrepreneur.com. I'm really all over the place. And that's why I tell people that the email is probably the easiest because it's once a week and it also links to a bunch of different things. So if you want to pick and choose you know, well, I'd like to hear this particular success tip and I'd like to watch this interview, but I don't really care about all of her other stuff. That's what my emails are kind of a digest. So you don't, you know, you don't have to be on all the platforms and follow me everywhere. Um, So that's probably the best. Awesome. Thank you. Any last words of wisdom for the Impact Insiders today? Oh, I mean the same as, as what we've been saying and probably what you say a lot, but you know, you have so much potential and I don't want you to get bogged down in all the different ways to live up to that potential and all the different ways to execute it and all these things you should be doing. And instead, just focus in and say, okay, what can I do right now where I am with what I have, the next best step to take and do that and realize that, you know, everything is, is this is a Marie Forleo quote, but everything is figure outable. And um, I love that. Yeah, I do too. Just, I think, wake up on a Monday and think, all right, I want to be my best self. I want to put out my best work. Those are my two big things that I want to help people with. I want to help people be their best selves and put out their best work. And it is very easy in the entrepreneurial community, success community, uh, achievers, career-driven people to only focus on the latter. And as I study very, very successful people, it is apparent that you have to do both. So not only how can I put out my best work, and change the world. But how can I be my best self and improve me along the way? So that's what I would encourage people to do. Because when you get up on a Monday and you ask yourself those questions and you think about it, you're shaping yourself, you're setting yourself up for an intentional, well-shaped day and a well-shaped week where you're giving your best gifts and talents to the world, which is what I hope that you will do. 
Well, thank you for joining us today on the Impact Entrepreneur Show and sharing your story, your enthusiasm, your expertise, and encouragement. Uh, it was been a real treat interviewing you, and I look forward to keeping in touch and sharing all of this wonderful information with my listeners. Awesome. It was a pleasure, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. As we chatted about, success for the rest of us doesn't have to be this big, huge, daunting thing. When we look at success and we think about success, we don't necessarily need to envision ourselves as already having reached the peaks of, say, the likes of Tony Robbins, because the fact is that Tony started out where we all start out, and that is at the beginning. And success for the rest of us is something that is doable for all of us, and it requires us to take short, digestible steps, breaking what your goals and objectives are down into steps one, two, three, etc. As I mentioned in the show, one of the things that Kelsey is really great at is taking these experiences and these interviews that she has with these extremely well-known, high-profile people and taking that material and curating it into something that she can package and reposition and distribute to all of these different media channels to tell her story and get herself noticed and increase awareness about her products and services. And that is something that we all can do. We all can take these experiences that we have in life and package them in digestible ways that are lessons or tips and tricks to share with the world. So thank you for tuning in to the Impact Entrepreneur Show today. We will link to Kelsey's material in the show notes and be sure to connect with her. She's a great gal. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It's so important to us to keep us up in the in the charts. Big shout out to my buddy Cody Boyce and his team over at podcastmasters.net. Thank you for the awesome production. Thanks again for investing your time with us today. Now go make an impact.